and welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast that digs into the paranormal and tries to find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. I'm Chad. And I'm Eli. He's back! Eli's back! Guess who's back? Back again. For one night only. Eli's or back. Or two nights, or... Well, no. Well, who knows? Are you going to be back every day, or is this just a... Just, just to not... Hi? Roasting on an open fire. He's just here to rendition us with Jack his Frost music. fucked up on the schedule because it's supposed to be a white Christmas this week, not last week. Go ahead. We're supposed to get flurries. What? We're supposed to get flurries on Christmas Eve. Oh, how romantic. All right. So this week, we are going to be joined by none other. The one and only Grognostics. Or craft beer meets the unexplained. So let's go ahead and give them a call. All right. So in this episode, we are going to discuss the worst years in humanity. And then Grognostics Grognostics is going to counter us with the best years. Because we can't be all negative, right? Got to have some positive. Yeah, leave it to Grognostics (laughs) to come in with the party. Yeah. Atmosphere. We're going to bring you down and they're going to lift you up. <laughs> it's like sour and sweet mixed in neutral drink. It's great. It's like a sour patch, kid. <laughs> yeah. First it's sour and mean, then it's nice. <laughs> well, thanks hey, for having us on the show. Thank yeah. you guys for joining us. We've missed you. It's been almost a whole year. Well, I guess it's been a whole year since we've talked to Jason. We, we did talk to Steve back in the beginning of the pandemic. But Jason, right. you broke your leg, so you weren't there. I was out of commission for a little while. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy that we did that one? I had no idea that we'd still be in a pandemic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Surprise! Welcome to 2020. Right. <laughs> so we're like, yeah. we better get this one in now while it's relevant. <laughs> I literally talked about when we pulled up uh, to Amy's house today, I talked about uh, the uh, Christmas episode from last year when we talked about... Um, yes, we the, know. The mysterious... <laughs> um, uh, Rudolph. Rudolph, the red-nosed yeah. uh, F-deer. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I felt like it was like the other day, but you know, it's been a year. So yeah. To me, it feels like it's been you know, a decade. That's still, that's still one of our that's favorite what... episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that one was amazing. Yeah. Remember we found Every out once in a while. We found out yeah. about Santa and his reindeer. Yeah. 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 Every once in a while, I go back and listen to it, and I just laugh and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll start. And the first the first one that actually made the cut of worst years, because there's a whole bunch of really bad years out there. But the first one, 1492, makes the list of worst years in humanity. Because, well, unless you were a white Christian, you were probably going to end up enslaved. Now, we've all heard 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. It killed more than 95% of indigenous people, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that last part normally gets uh, left yeah. off. Yeah, history likes to leave that part out. It's been edited. But that's exactly <laughs> what happened when Ital- Italian explorer Christopher Columbus sailed west. He brought with him smallpox, measles, influenza, and the bubonic plague. I mean, if you're going to show up at somebody's door unannounced, you might as well bring gifts, right? <laughs> you got a party oh. with me, bro. 
Yeah, nothing says loving like the gift of gonorrhea. <laughs> yeah, because then you go Pretty gonorrhea. Pretty sure that wasn't on the list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> they didn't know till later. Well, think about, I guess that makes sense, though. If you think about where he came from, right? The, well, figure uh, Rome and ancient Greeks and, you know, Italy was all intermingled for so long. I mean, and also the center of the world for many years. So you have to, I guess that makes sense that all the diseases would come from there. Yep. Now let me tell you, though, he was probably the worst house guest in history. (laughs) Upon first arriving to the Caribbean, literally his first day there, he had six natives seized. And he wrote in his journal, he thought they'd make great servants. Throughout his first year in the New World, he enacted policies of forced labor so that the natives would have or be forced to work for the sake of profit. And then later, he sent those natives over to Spain to be slaves. Many of them died en route. What a peach. <laughs> and if it wasn't enough, the Spanish didn't stop with enslaving the natives in the New World. In 1492, it was the beginning of the Muslim expulsion in Spain. In the 11th century, during the Reconquest, the Muslim population of Spain was forced to move south. There, the kingdom of Granada was founded and rose in prominence during the reign of Sultan Almoravid. Oh, that sounds right. Sure. Almoravid. Almoravid. I can't even talk now. Almoravid. Almoravid. But in 1492, the Spanish, mar- Spanish monarchy began to strengthen. And under King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella, the great kingdom of Granada would fall. Uh, January 2nd, 1942, King Bobadil surrendered Granada to the Spanish forces. And for the next 100 years, Muslims were forcibly converted to Christianity. During this time, over 500,000 Muslims, Spanish Muslims, were murdered or enslaved. Also during this time, it was the clash of civilization. And not only were Muslims being forcibly converted, but so were the Jewish population as well. So yes, if you were a white Christian in 1492, may not have been a bad year. But if you were brown, or if you didn't believe so much in that second half of that almighty Bible... You're going to have a bad time. You are pretty much screwed. (laughs) So, Like literally or like... Probably. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure it's more nails, but... (laughs) I don't know if screws were invented yet. So that is 1492. So what you're saying is that uh, uh, Columbus was quite the bastard of sorts. Yes, yes. I was sitting there reading some of the things that he did, and I was thinking... Man, I remember him being a hero when I was a kid. Sure, things sure have changed. <laughs> You're like, Columbus, no. <laughs> How could it be? Say it ain't so. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. So that was so then I guess it sucked to live in anywhere on that side of the planet. Yeah. In 1492. Unless so, you were a white okay. Christian. And then you were okay. Probably a male white Christian, too. I'm going to bet there was right. a little bit of sexism involved. You think? (laughs) (laughs) Just going to go out on a limb. No, that's never happened in history. Right. (laughs) Can I raise a question? Yes. What what are we all drinking tonight? Pepsi Zero Sugar. Uh, Core, uh, perfectly balanced pH water. 
Gatorade Fierce mixed with <laughs> Noth. Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom? Oh, oh no, shit. Sonic Sour, sour Boom. Sour Sonic boom. Sour. So pretty much it's vodka without the vodka. <laughs> and then it's vodka-free vodka? Yeah, it's like getting uh, it's Jack, virgin vodka. Jack on the Rocks without the Jack. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Steve? Do you have a tasty beverage? Um, I can't beat that. Let's see. We, so far, what we have water, Gatorade. It's like, it's like uh, we're, we're at a triathlon here. <laughs> but I don't know how to assess the sour jack. Um, I actually, I did grab a dogfish head, um, sixty minute IPA. But in the process of transferring a child, I have no idea where it is. But I am about to drink it. Does that count? <laughs> The child's drinking yeah. it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> she swapped the baba. Yeah, yeah. She swapped the baba. You handed it to her as juice. <laughs> I'm, now, yeah, I'm now drinking it at bottom. We call that, we call that camping soda. <laughs> what about you, Jason? All right, Jason, we'll got? buy. What do you drink? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm drinking Lagunitas. Hmm. I'm drinking just a little something from hmm. Lagunitas. I like a little something. That was my favorite from our Bigfoot episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been drinking a lot of Coop's Native Amber, which is a really good beer. It's a Oklahoma which beer. Which one was it? Uh, Coop uh, Native Amber. It's a Oklahoma go. beer, and it's really good. I got some seven ounce Coronas in the fridge. I could go pop one of those open. Yeah. Oh no! no I mean, don't overdo it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't let us influence you. But yes, go grab those beers. <laughs> Dave, what what you got? He's got coffee. Mm-hmm, I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> I, I'm not much of a drinker, but I have been smoking a lot of mugwort here lately. What the fuck's mugwort? Mugwort? Mugwort. Been enjoying the devil's lettuce a bit? <laughs> That's me. I'm the only one that can smoke the devil's lettuce. And right now it's a, it's a Caesar salad. <laughs> He's been tossing the devil's salad. Yeah, the Caesar yes, salad, yeah. if you will. Because Caesar got dead. And then apparently the devil's like, you'd look better than the devil's lettuce. So... They threw the Caesar in the pot, and now they're now they're sprinkling it on top of all the greenery, and now I'm smoking it like a like a vegetarian. Met wouldn't be know. a real uh, collaboration without an Eli rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not even stoned, so that just makes it even better. You know, I can see a lot more with yeah. my one eye. It's great. <laughs> I That's see beyond the idea. walls. <laughs> wait, wait, so wait, hold hold on, hold on. What you're saying is Santa. Is fucking his reindeers. <laughs> <laughs> that was the point. I just had a flashback from the best stone day in my entire life. So nobody's drinking technically anything except for Jason. I almost grabbed a beer. Hey. <laughs> so we have no excuse when people are like, these guys are hammered. <laughs> no, we're totally sober, actually. It, it well hydrated on our <laughs> Yeah, like I'm almost so hydrated you can see my veins in my arm. It's crazy. Oh, we did get a review. What was it like six, seven months ago? Where we were described as a bunch of high school kids having their first beer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was like, guys, oh, I usually don't amazing. leave comments, but after listening to your show the first time I had to leave something. <laughs> 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 that was me. I I don't know if we told you, but I accidentally rated our show a one star, like on iTunes. <laughs> oh <laughs> I no! I was doing like somehow I clicked it. I didn't know it was going through, and uh, so we're like a four point eight now because of me. <laughs> but I figured, I figured are you, are you our one star it. too? We have one one star review as well. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I did not do that to anybody else. I, I, at least if it was my own show, I could. <laughs> 
You wanted to make the show look more realistic, right? I did, yeah, I did. (laughs) All right, so 1492, that was a pretty pretty rough year for many people. Um, Unless you're Columbus, and you said the white Christians. But so this encounter, this was a good year for, for really every, I can't really say every one, everything potentially going forward. So we're talking year zero. Zero day? <laughs> Maybe minus zero. <laughs> Absolute zero. Um, the Big Bang. So can anyone tell me what the Big Bang is? Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's that show <laughs> yes. with Sheldon and... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like Sheldon. Exactly. So when that show hit the airways for the first time that is the absolute best year in human history i knew there was Especially a sideways in there mom or is it whose mom is it is it the other character's mom it's the, the other character's guy? mom yeah the therapist yeah oh she's great yeah um so regardless of what you believe and whether the world was created in seven days or by god or whatever whoever that guy is um, the, the Big Bang, the ideology is that 13 billion years ago, so we could say minus 13 billion years, zero. So whether you believe that all current and past matter came together, like we're talking 13 billion years ago, and compacted the very small ball that expanded to eventually lead to formation of subatomic particles and atoms, gases, whatever. Ultimately leading to the creation of Earth, which led to the creation of uh, organisms, eventually orgasms, that's for the long. <laughs> and then humans, um, you have to rank the year of the Big Bang, which uh, to be exact was 13,921,400,002 years and 14 seconds ago. It could be off by like 10 seconds or so, but uh, you have to rank it as the number one best year, I think. And certainly, in rankings of whether it was a better year than it was a worst year, in 1492, I think it was, because uh, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be doing this podcast tonight. So, how do you like them apples, Columbus? (laughs) (laughs) I like apple pie. And uh, I found my beer. Yay! It's actually a speakeasy prohibition ale. I don't know. I must have grabbed something. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So Dave's going to counter... So I got some honorable mentions. There was 1520, the Spanish-infected South America, uh, resulting in 60 to 90% of indigenous people dying, kind of like with 1492. Then I found 1601 AD, 2 million people, or 1 in 3, starved to death in Russia after a volcanic eruption in Peru. But... The 1783 Icelandic volcano was responsible for 11 million deaths worldwide. A volcanic eruption on June 8, 1783 happened in Iceland, in the southern district of an area I cannot pronounce or spell. Sita, Sitha, Sida, it's S, I with a comma above it, a backward six with a line through the top, a. <laughs> I'm shitting you not. <laughs> for the next eight months. I, shit you not. <laughs> I like that name for it. 
For the next eight months, lava would pour out of 135 fissures and volcanic craters near the town of Kloster. This was estimated to be 14 cubic kilometers or 3.7 quadrillion gallons of lava. That's one way uh, to build a fucking island right there, good lord. Yeah, that's a lot of lava. That sounds hot. This lava covered an estimated 2,500 square kilometers or 965 square miles, an area about the size of Rhode Island. This chain of volcanoes was later named Laki, L-A-K-I. Volcanic ash from the eruption was carried by the wind, where it poisoned the land and the sea. Animals developed ridges and growths on their legs. Some became bloated and their mouths swelled. This killed half of the Icelandic cattle population and a quarter of the horse and sheep population. The fields became unusable, and no fish could be found in the sea. If not protected from the ash, food and water became poisonous from a severe fluorine intoxication. A strange sickness, most likely from this ash, affected people as well. In just one year, a fifth of the human population in Iceland died. Widespread effects caused a strange haze to cover Europe, making it difficult to breathe. As the ash went up into the atmosphere, it absorbed moisture and sunlight, changing the climate for years. From 1783 to 1785, places as far away as Japan and America endured terrible droughts, exceptionally cold winters, and widespread floods. In Europe, the summer of 1783 had record high temperatures and was followed by a long and harsh winter. The crop failures are believed to have caused the most famous violent uprising of starving people in history, the French Revolution of 1789. That's very in-depth. And uh, interesting, it sounds like that's global shitty year. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound fun at all. I have also realized that you're far more uh, prepared than we are. (laughs) (laughs) That's just Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much Um, if you were ever to go for an Eagle Scout, he'd get the Eagle Scout badge plus a star. (laughs) (laughs) He'd get an extra badge. Yeah. Yeah. Was were Eli and Chad just in the tent with the scoutmaster like I was, or maybe? Wait, sorry, I thought I was on mute. Um, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was talking to my mom. <laughs> oh, so, so what do you guys have to counter that one? Oh, sorry. Uh, I guess the next one would be uh, 600 BC, technically, but this we got to put an asterisk to this one. Because and I think uh, let me just add I think that uh, we're taking things in a little bit different direction maybe to lift our spirits after the depressing uh, onslaught that we've been given the uh, in in previous years uh, we're taking us on years that might have just been in, more enlightened I suppose by something new in this case this would be a discovery of sorts um, in 600 BC. However, it wouldn't transpire until much later. So technically, like I said, put an asterisk next to this one. But this would be the discovery of electricity. Uh, Ancient Greeks were 
using electricity as far back as 600 BC, and this was primarily to uh, add sheets of copper uh, and or try to gold plate uh, materials, and they used a form of electricity to do that by rubbing fur on amber. But uh, much later, you know, I guess that went on for much much of the time. It really wasn't used for anything else other than gold plating or, or the like. But it wasn't until 1752, can anyone guess what happened this year in relation to electricity? Thomas Edison touched someone inappropriately? Well, that's the close guess, sir. <laughs> uh, no, it was... Uh, well, Ben Franklin, of course. Oh, when he tied the kite to his penis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. That, that's where the whole kite storm. penis thing came from. Yeah, yeah, okay. You all should do a drunk history <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm kind of treating it like this now. So if that was the case, but albeit, you know, I think Ben Franklin gets a lot of credit in this case, undo. He, uh, he, all he really proved was that lightning and uh, electricity sparks essentially were the same thing that's all he really proved it wasn't until 1800 that alessandro volta discovered that chemical reactions could produce electricity and he constructed what would be ultimately a battery right an early battery uh, and he was able to uh, link positively charged and negatively charged connectors and uh, you know ultimately drive an electronic charge or what's it known as otherwise Ladies and gentlemen, voltage, voltage, cold star. Uh, I told you he had a star next to his damn badge. Jesus. Yeah, he's well, he's holding up his end. He's he's living up to his name. Uh, So it wasn't actually. So this is where the asterisk comes in, because it wasn't actually until 1831 that uh, Michael Faraday created the electron, the electric dynamo like a power generator, which would later be um, carried on by folks like Thomas Edison, Westinghouse, and uh, Nikola Tesla to actually make practical applications. So technically, it's not 600 BC, but I think we had to go back there considering that's when it was really kind of discovered. So that was good years. I think started probably early 1830s. Uh, after all said and done, when you could actually use electricity for a practical reason. Nice. I like Uh, electricity. Yeah. (laughs) I love electricity, too. I like games. It's pretty... (laughs) I wish we could find a way to make it more sustainable, but... Uh, Hydro. Hydro. Tesla. (laughs) I think hydro is... Do you guys have drive Tesla cars? No. No, but I had a friend come over today and actually show me her Tesla car. And good Lord, is that thing a freaking... Um, dude, I just wanted to, you know, carry the fob and start the vehicle and just drive away in it. Because obviously that is not a key ignition. But good Lord, that thing is a zoom, zoom, broom, broom. Now mm. I've heard you don't drive one of those as much as you just glide in one of those. Yeah, that's totally the magic carpet. Yeah. Tesla's drive you. Yeah. <laughs> Here in Russia, Tesla drive you. Yeah, it was. So a, I, it's uh, the acceleration on those things is ridiculous. Yeah, that's what she was telling me. 
In other I words, took, that's what she I said. I took an Uber, <laughs> Uber one time with that, and it was a Tesla, and I couldn't even figure out how to get in the car. I was like, <laughs> they're like, uh, push that button. What? That button. I'm like, I, get in the car. There's like no, no. Door handles. There's like no dashboard, like anything. It's just like, I'm like, I don't know how to use this. Yeah, the, the door handle was really interesting because once you unlock it, it actually, you have to press on one of the either the left side of the door handle or the right side of the door handle that's actually like completely smooth then it pops open then you can actually open the door it was actually really interesting to look at you're like whoa are you from the future <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah kind of then she told me how much she paid for it and i was like ah no thank you yeah i'm good she's gonna have fun when she has to get it fixed yeah <laughs> wait it doesn't take double a batteries i'm bringing it back well, the only reason I say that is because there's only, like, one place that makes Tesla in California. Yeah. So uh, if you have problems, you have to ship it to California to get fixed. Yeah. Right. And they just it moved to Texas, itself. from what I understand. Oh, yeah. I, Elon, yeah, Elon Musk did just move to Texas. Well, it's a little closer for her now than it yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, she lives in Dallas. Yeah. So. Fort Worth. There you Fort. go. That's what she got now. All right. So we're going to counter. 1816. We're better known as the year without summer. It happened more than two centuries ago, but its impact remains enormous. Historians have credited the infamous year without summer, at least indirectly, with the invention of the bicycle and the writing of the novel Frankenstein. I mean, at least there was some good to come from it. In April of 1815, Mount Tambora exploded in a powerful eruption that killed tens of thousands of people on the Indonesian island of Sumbawa. The following year became known as the year without summer when unusually cold, wet conditions swept across Europe and North America. Since 1913, researchers have suggested that two events were linked. Now, a new study shows that the cold temperatures of 1816 wouldn't have been possible without the volcanic eruption. The immediate effects of the volcano resulted in mass destruction. The eruption, the flows that come from it, and related tsunamis destroyed homes and claims 10,000 lives another 80,000 would die from disease that spread in the aftermath. The eruption of Mount Tambora in April of 1815 was among the most explosive of the last millennium, oh. said Andrew Schurer. What do you say? <laughs> We're trying to figure out why you're laughing. Oh, Dave. the pun. Is <laughs> it Dave's having an inside joke? Is, with is it the, most ex- the, the year with the volcano was the most explosive year? <laughs> Sorry. I like putting humor. I didn't even humor. catch that. <laughs> said Andrew Schurer, lead study and author and research associate at the University of Edinburgh School of Geosciences. It had enormous impact locally, devastating the island of Sumbawa. The tremendous amount of material ejected by the volcano contributed to a global impact that followed. Eruption injected a huge amount of sulfur dioxide into the stratosphere, which would have quickly spread across the world, oxidizing in forms of sulfate aerosols. Shura said, these volcanic aerosols reduce net shortwave radiation, causing widespread, long-lasting surface cooling. They also lead to a reduction in global rainfall, while wetting in some dry regions and causing dynamic changes in a large-scale circulation of both ocean and atmosphere. The global temperature dropped between 1 and 3 degrees Celsius. It was the coldest year in the last 250, according to the study. Each season showed temperature anomalies, but the summer was the most drastic change. With the coldest recorded mean summer temperature for Europe between 1766 and 2000. 
<laughs> so it just gets really cold. <coughs> yeah, it pretty much, yeah. I don't think I could do a year without a summer. I kind of rely on the summer to get me through the rest <laughs> of the year. <laughs> right? I'm seeing a trend here with volcanoes. Like, yeah. volcanoes are fucking bad news, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess we should have been more scared. Was it, like, three summers ago or something that a uh, volcano erupted over Iceland and then you couldn't fl- people, like, couldn't fly to Europe? Yeah. Like, yeah. I knew a couple that, like, won some Dave Matthews band tickets to go to London and see a show and they couldn't go and I was like that sucks man that's terrible <laughs> now I'm gonna miss this, like, Dave I mean now we gotta put that year on the list yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't go see Dave Matthews band in London hand me a guitar and throw me a joint and watch this <laughs> starting to see like so our, the good years it seems like the ones that we're coming up with are like advancements in technology or um just advancements for humanity in general uh we're unable to pinpoint like hey that was a really great year like the red sox won the world series um like i guess because what people tend to base like their year based upon individual accomplishments or feats or things they went through but they don't say like you know it was a great year because uh this happened in the world and this happened and we really it, it was difficult to find any research where it says like this these great things happened but yeah. right, right. We found a lot of advancements, but for a bad year, it seems like you can't. There is a lot of information out there <laughs> on like these three bad things happened in oh, this yeah. year. Oh yeah, we have a lot of honorable mentions. We had like a list of like ten or thirteen, and we cut it down because it was like, well, we need five, and we still ended up with six. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, but why? I mean, I don't know why. Why is why? Why is why haven't we documented like this was a great year? Like we didn't have a volcano in Iceland. <laughs> There's one thing. Well, it's like, one of those this... things. Like I know, think of like customer service or a job you do. If you do a good job, people are gonna say, "Oh, thank you." But if you do a bad job, they're gonna tell like 15 of their friends, and it's just gonna like perpetuate. And... I say you always remember the bad customers better than yeah. the good customers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just... we have a list right. of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Steve and I were talking about this offline as well, and in, in in the sense that it, it's so much harder to find something good than it is to find something bad, in general. You know, you can you can find a million articles on something that was really an awful uh, instance versus good news of yeah. any kind. So I I feel like this was kind of a challenge for the best years. Yeah. Well, I was saying, I think goodness is relative. Yeah. Where, I mean, bad years, it's mostly a you know a widespread opinion. Where a good year, one of us may think is good, the other one may think it's bad. So, I think that also True. makes it harder. Yeah. Well, I I think that's why we went to things that were just like for the betterment of society or humanity as a whole. Uh, you know, things that just either made your life easier or uh, more comfortable in some way. Or, you know, took away some shitty part of your daily activity. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff that makes the world go round anymore. You know, stuff that with we didn't have. Make the rocket world go round. You know, if it, without electricity, we would all be bitching and complaining constantly. Or, or finding <laughs> some other solution yeah. to a, a problem, right? But, yeah. yeah, we had some honorable mentions as well. Uh, one of which was uh, refrigeration. Modern refrigeration. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know it's 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 a simple thing, so to speak, 
not scientifically, but it's a simple, simple thing that just makes your life so much easier that you don't even think about today. Yeah. But, but your beer's cold. Yeah. And, you know, your meat's not going south. And, uh, you know, you Indoor- have condiments from six years ago. <laughs> Indoor plumbing. Also another great invention. And, and there to, you go. And to There's speak of, of refrigeration, it also allows us to ship food to places that are experiencing a famine without it going bad. Because previously, right. if you tried to send, say, something to an area that where there was a famine going on, it would be all rotted and nasty by the time it got there anyway. So Well, they're just picky. I mean, just <laughs> you don't have to eat it, you know? <laughs> You're starving. Just eat the damn stuff. You get what you it's get, and you don't throw a fit. So here's a little trivia for you, then. So as far as refrigeration is concerned, what year do you think that was actually a realistic thing that you would have? Hmm. 1840. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good guess. So first commercial refrigerators were, were uh, uh, enacted in about 1834. It wasn't until, actually until much later, like 1913, that uh, you would have a refrigerator in your house, or you might have one if you were wealthy. Otherwise, you just had an icebox. That's like not that long ago when you think about it. And like the grand it's really things. not. It's really not that, that long That trivia is not going to mm-hmm. help anyone pick up any chicks if you're listening. <laughs> uh, but no. it, might, it. it could be the winning question on a... Bar trivia night, you know. If you find yourself in Cash Cab, if you're ever in New York, (laughs) you just won two hundred dollars. You're welcome. (laughs) Just make sure you you send us the royalties. Uh, yeah. So, what's the next year? Well, I I had one that I'd like to sub in. It's um, 1996 was the best year because there was no volcanic eruption in Iceland, (laughs) 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 and that's tied with. 1700 other years <laughs> all right go ahead <laughs> yeah so i guess the next one then is 1846 was a good year for a very specific medical advancement that would have been i think we can all agree especially given 2020 but uh 1846 was the year that anesthesia was used for the first time in a medical surgery and they were able to actually apply it correctly, and uh, the patient didn't realize that they were being operated on. I'm so, just really confused Anastasia? on what the uh, non-medical uses were for before then. You could get quite high. <laughs> but uh, uh, In this case, it was William T.G. Morton uh, and Surgeon John Collins Warren that made history at Massachusetts General Hospital with their successful use of diethyl ether. Uh, and so in this point, uh, they were able to actually perform a surgery with anesthesia, uh, successfully. So for those listening at home, there's three types of anesthesia. Uh, if we want to clarify, uh, maybe you guys can help me with this. There's a local, right? Which does what? It numbs your, the, uh, the area they're working. Yeah. At. Yeah. Yeah. Numbs the area, but you're still awake, uh-huh. right? There's the regional which blocks an area of the body, such as like a, an epidural or something like that, a spinal block. So I've um, had two of those, that yeah. Effect. <laughs> yep. And then there's general. I had that this year, and quite uh, surreal. Honestly, that's, that's sure my favorite one. General? General. The regional? 
or general. Yeah, right. general, uh, bro. I have a really it's, adverse it's reaction true. when I wake up from a general. You cry. Same here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I warned, warned my nurses the last time I went in for surgery, and I said, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to cry uncontrollably. Nothing's wrong. I promise you, nothing's wrong. Just let me cry it out. As soon as it, like, there's just always this point where it just snaps, and I'm like, okay, I'm fine. And then I started trying to hook Chad up with my nurse <laughs> after I snapped out of it. Honestly, <laughs> right. I have a contract written on my computer for any time I go in for a surgery and I have to get anesthesia is for them not to record it. <laughs> the, the last time I had surgery was about, what, two months ago? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And that was the most I remember from surgery because they, like, they walked me inside, whatever, and they're like, all right, go ahead and slide over on this table. They tried to pick me up. I was like, listen, I'm way too big. You can't do that. <laughs> so I, like, slide my, slide my, you know, nice ass over to the next table, right? And then they're like, I started having a conversation with all these nurses because I was, like, a late surgery. And it was kind of hilarious how they were laughing. They're like, wait, this is the most lively patient we've had all day and i was like whoa 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 you ain't been working on dead people like <laughs> and then they started cracking their ass off and i was like listen I their ass off. yeah i was like i was like i was like listen listen okay i want a nice clean surgery and i used this line before in the first surgery but i was like listen i want a nice clean surgery nothing below the belt all right let's go and they're like put your head in the cradle so i went ahead and put my head in the cradle and they're like i don't remember ever breathing in um the uh, actual anesthetic, because usually it's put through a, like a uh, an IV. But this time right. around, they're like, no, I need you to take some deep breaths. I took some deep breaths, and I swear to God, the third breath, I was like, <laughs> like I don't remember anything. Yeah. I just That's woke just up. you laying down. No, oh, yeah. They didn't even give you anesthetic. Wait, did I have a monster in hand? No? Okay. Didn't real. Ain't I real. have watched this guy fall asleep with a monster energy drink and a burger in his hands. <laughs> Listen, I'm an epic son of a bitch. All right? All right. A low-key Snorlax to those Pokemon followers. He's epic. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's pretty surreal. Uh, I, I, I didn't have the uh, uh, the gas. They, they did an IV on me, but they, they asked you ahead of time if you wanted to have a spinal block or if you wanted to uh, do the... Uh, you know, just like you're going to go to sleep type of aspect. And I said, well, what's the difference? And the guy was real cold-blooded about it, too. And he's like, well, one, I'm going to disconnect your brain from your body. Number two, uh, you're just going to go to sleep so hard that you won't remember anything. That's I'm like, what I well, got, yeah. Yeah, I'll take like, two. Are you the Chris <laughs> That's a really yeah. tough uh, like, bro, choice there, huh? Are you the Sandman that everyone talks about? <laughs> Seriously. It, it, and they were like, you have to decide. You have five seconds. What was the first one? No. <laughs> Is the room gonna blow up? What's happening? So, anyway, yeah. So anesthesia. Uh, to to sum up, uh, here's an interesting little tidbit about about prior to anesthetics. Uh, we'll say in the 1840s, before this was actually used, surgical um, operations were conducted with little or no pain relief at all. So much like the Civil War, you know, they would say, "Here, bite on this stick." More or less, we're going to take <laughs> out your gallbladder, right? Like that's uh, pretty terrible. But it, it was actually not just terrible for the patient, as it seems. The uh, the the doctors themselves um, developed a, a culture. It's said that they've developed a culture of dispassion and emotional detachment because they're actually inflicting horrible uh, traumatic pain on their patients and so that they would actually get like PTSD from cutting somebody's arm off or 
you know, performing some kind of surgery where they got to fillet you open. So the so, movie, I mean, can, oh, one sorry. can only imagine. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, so like the movie, uh, and I, the only way I can like actually picture this is like watching like the movie, like the Patriot where they show the war right. scene and there's a bunch of dudes getting their arms and legs chopped off and they're biting down on sticks. I didn't realize that was actually a certain thing that they did. Yep. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I understand like there's certain situations where like our medicine only went so far in those days. But right. damn, that's the yeah, mark. They were shit. real men back then. Yeah, <laughs> they're like bite down uh, on this I, twig. I'm about to take your nuts off. <laughs> I've always liked the uh, well, Sam. So you know the scenes where they, where they're like, the guy's got his leg hanging off, and they're like, we're gonna take the rest of it off here, and they pour pour the undisclosed liquor on his leg, and then they're like, take a drink. <laughs> like how oh, much yeah. is that one drink really gonna do? <laughs> he gets one shot. And then they're gonna we're gonna cut the rest of your leg off with this here dull hacksaw. <laughs> I would say I think your best option at that is pour the you know alcohol in the cut and then just hit him over the head with the bottle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just knock him the fuck out. Like that's probably a better choice. But yeah, so anyway, yeah, before <laughs> anesthesia, terrible. You, I mean, think about going to the dentist. You oh. have, you, we're gonna do a root canal on you. Oh, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Even so, better, even better. You look at the movie A Thousand Ways to Die in the West. That is probably the most <laughs> the best explanation of the weirdest things doctors used to do, even though they're not really real, but technically the ideas aren't very far from the truth. <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah, you got a toothache? Anyway. You need a nail in the head. You know, stuff yeah. like that. I think we did a podcast on that, or we had a skit around that, right, Steve? I think that was for the sound therapy show. No, we, we did one with the power of sound where they were using sound to heal people, but. The doctor didn't realize that the sound was actually healing his patients. He thought he was, and he had all these weird concoctions and shit, exactly like you're talking about. <laughs> he do all types of weird stuff. You had to drink like whale excrement and uh, <laughs> that's right. like, trust me on this one. Frog, that, that's, frog what people, that's what doctors did from like what 1800 to like 1940. It's just they had all these like concoctions and elixirs and like topical ointments, and then they're like, oh, yes, guess this person died. They like they usually killed them. Who was the president that died? Because um, they were sticking. Was it? Uh, how was it? All the doctors were sticking their fingers like into his gunshot wound or whatever. Oh, was that Garfield? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that's what the gunshot was fine, but like that's what killed him. We're just doing all these methods. I was gonna say though, you know who's dishing out <laughs> general? Icelandic volcanoes. They're the ones <laughs> just spewing general on the people. Like, you want general anesthesia? Bam. It all over your ass. I would rather have a volcano than getting finger blasted in my bullet hole. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that's not just like your every Friday night? Uh, I mean, not my bullet hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. The fact that you say? just said <laughs> finger blasted just made my entire year. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I couldn't hold it in. It, was, it just came to me. <laughs> so technically, you pushed the finger out of your bullet hole. But yeah, no, I'm I sorry, get your doctor. Points. What did you say the last modality was on Garfield? Oh, I finger blasted him right in his bullet hole. <laughs> Why don't you take it over, over your night shift? Why don't you take it from here? Here's the last thing I did. <laughs> okay, let me see if I can pick it up from here. <laughs> take it all the way down to the second knuckle. <laughs> yeah, which finger was it? Yeah. 
Uh, let me try the pinky this time. <laughs> All of them. Trust me, Mr. President. Don't worry. I'm just going to fist it. We're going to be good. Yeah, I got to get that bullet out. <laughs> anyway, this one took a little while. What's, so what's what's the next year? <laughs> totally worth it, though. I don't I don't know if we said this in the beginning, but um, I guess the idea for this show, too, now that we'll throw this out there, everyone thinks 2020 has been the worst year, right? I think hopefully people are getting the gist. It wasn't. <laughs> That's a good point, Steve. And we will continue point. on with your fourth. That will probably destroy 2020. In 1848, over in Ireland, the potato famine, which started a couple years prior, reached its peak, forcing millions to leave their homeland and hundreds of thousands dying. But also in 1848, Revolutions, known in some places as the Spring of Nations, swept across Europe. Economic crisis has hit the rural and urban poor the hardest. The middle-class conservatives and the aristocracy was doing great, however. Liberal-minded citizens were fed up with long-reigning negligent governments and began demanding religious freedom and parliamentary rule. Mass rallies were held and political agitators began using the catchphrase anarchism. Then riots kicked off, starting in Milan and Sicily. When revolution spread to France in February, King Louis-Philippe had to flee to Britain. When German workers got wind of the goings-on, they held their own revolts. Austria and Prussia followed. Russia stepped on their revolution before it could get off the ground. Hungary demanded control of Transylvania, and the Romanians living there didn't know what gave them the authority to do such a thing. Rebels clashed with military forces, and the streets of Europe dissolved into violent clashes. These clashes happened in more than 50 countries. The middle-class reformers clashed with the working-class radicals as well. The revolutionaries were mostly unorganized leaderless factions that formed unions with one another and did clash occasionally. The liberals, who wanted to limit church influence and state power, wanted a republican government without monarchy, as well as economic freedom and civil liberty. The nationalists wanted a national unity based on common language, culture, religion, and shared history. The radical Democrats wanted universal male suffrage, which was not popular amongst liberals. The radical socialist wished for worker ownership of the means of production, restribution of wealth, and higher taxes, which again is not something that the liberals could agree upon. Tens of thousands of people were killed, and many more were forced into exile. Ultimately, it ended in failure and repression and was followed by widespread disillusionment amongst liberals. These rebellions amounted to a year of mostly pointless violence. However, the seeds that were planted then sprung out in events that followed. In other words, they failed in the short run, but succeeded in the long run. Austria and Hungary saw the abolition of serfdom. 
the Denmark monarchy ended, the Netherlands became a representative democracy, the states of the German Confederation rose together and later became the German Empire of the late 19th and 20th century. Fun fact. Peter Seagal, the director of Anger Management, 51st Dates, and Grudge Match, was asked which year he thought was the worst in history, to which he answered, quote, Definitely 1848, the year gold was discovered at Sutter's Mill. Until then, you could find a nice piece of land in California, pitch your tent, and call it home. The housing market here has been a living hell ever since. Unquote. <laughs> <laughs> no shit that's some true shit right there we thought we'd throw that part in for you <laughs> yeah good no that was really appreciated that was well done we lose steve again i thought that was amazing there he is hey i was just i was just waiting <laughs> the right moment just wanted to pop out at the right time <laughs> i'm here very nice so i heard jason laughing so i figured it was, it was good. He threw in a little little history of trivia nugget there. That was nice. The uh, the uh, gold at Sutter's Mill. That was a shit show. So we we've been going up to that area a lot, uh, Gold Country, and uh, I we got I don't know some book from some like tourist shop or whatever, and I actually read it. I'd never read, like, the history of the gold rush, really, in theory. I mean, I think we learned about it in school, but that was nuts. That guy, Sutter, it was all on his uh, on his property, and then it turned into just a world phenomenon. And they actually hid it for, I think, a couple years, maybe, from the world. Like, right now, Donald Trump Jr. takes a shit in his basement. Everyone knows about it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story. No. I say that's because uh, he shares a picture, but... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, back then they were able to hide the news for like two years before it finally came out, like got to Europe and then everybody came over. Wow. No, that's true. Crazy. So 1928 was a pretty good year. Uh, undoubtedly signaled one of the most important scientific discoveries in history. Uh, this was the year that Alexander Fleming discovered penicillin. So this was be, he did it by accident, of course, like much of these serendipitous, if you will. Uh, he had gone, he had left some cultures out in some Petri dishes and he went away on a two week vacation as we all do. You leave Petri dishes lying around. And uh, when he came back, he noticed that there was uh, a zone around an invading fungus on an agar plate in which the bacteria did not grow. And so by then, he more or less did a bunch of research, and he had figured out that this penicillium genus, penicillium, if you will, uh, had this antro antibacterial effect on staphylococcus, which is otherwise known as strep throat. Uh, in any case, I think Steve... Mentioned he had a uh, a fun Staphylococcus? fact. No, did not mention uh, that. Staphylococcus. <laughs> it's a severe case. I just can't help myself whenever I see that. The fun fact is, uh, I do have Staphylococcus right now. Yes, and it burns in his, in his Staphylococcus. <laughs> uh, 
in any case, this actually reversed some serious stuff, you know, like people think about this for a second. If you had an infection in your ear and it spread out of control, you could die. If you stepped on a nail and, uh, you know, had some kind of blood infection, you're dead. You know, any any little thing. I mean, we think about today where everybody's so uh, hypersensitive and and. Uh, you know, what's the word? What's the scientific term for it when you think you're going to get sick all the time? Hypochondriac. Hypochondri- yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's a hypochondriac, right? But think about it, what it was like before the discovery of penicillin. Nearly anything can kill you. That's why they say people only live to be 35 or whatever, because you often were dead by that time just based on something stupid. So, in any case, I think 1928 was a pretty good year of mention because penicillin... Penicillin had been widely used and saved upwards of 200 million people. I definitely like it. Yeah, I'd <laughs> say it's a, a good yeah. thing. Yeah, Very much so. Yeah, sorry, I, I cut out at Stephacacus. Can you say that all again? <laughs> yeah, well, here. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, matter of fact, I'll give you a couple of other things that it cures. How about pneumonia, meningitis, gonorrhea, and syphilis? So... Uh, all of those freewheeling compatriots out there, they can thank this guy for discovering penicillin. <laughs> God bless him. Hawk, 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 Hawk. <laughs> yeah, wow. <clears throat> I was trying to think of a joke and just couldn't think of something. And just yeah, just, uh, just truncate that down. Just edit that down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so 1943. Great game. Great video game. Yeah? I love that game, actually. <laughs> Arcades... How dare you bring something negative to that game? <laughs> no. I just happened to be the worst year of the Holocaust. And oh, some other that. things. <laughs> now who's the asshole? <laughs> Don't I feel like a shit heel? Despite the worsening war situations for Axis forces, Hitler's strategy was to issue a series of futile, standfast orders that usually proved only preludes to another German retreat. The dark side of World War II. Behind the fighting fronts grew even darker in 1943. The Nazis' final solution, the relentless deportation and killing of Jews, intensified throughout German-occupied Europe. Germans' notorious efficiency was applied to the Nazis' extermination effort, as concentration camps became quite literally death factories. Any resistance, such as the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising in April through May, was ruthlessly repressed by both SS and German army units. Yet, even as the pace of mass murder in in the death camps increased, uh, SS Heinrich Himmler decided in the summer of 1943 to begin covering up the evidence of extermination of Jews in Soviet prisons of war. He spent special quads to, to every mass murder site to dig up and burn the bodies. One result of the anti German partisan activity grew rapidly. To the increasing embarrassment of German forces throughout occupied Europe, brutal reprisals, shooting hostages, burning villages, deporting survivors to Germany for slave labor, bred more partisans. Behind German lines, the power of partisans and anti-Nazi forces grew in Poland, Belarus, Ukraine, and the Balkans, as Allied armies rolled back Axis conquests. Also in 1943, the Bengal Famine 
It was a famine in the Bengal province of British India, now Bangladesh and eastern, eastern India. During World War II, an estimated 2.1 to 3 million out of the population of 60.3 million died of starvation, malaria, and other diseases aggravated by malnutrition, population displacement, unsanitary, unsanitary conditions, and the lack of health care. Millions were imp- impoverished as the crisis overwhelmingly overwhelmed large segments of the economy and catastrophically disrupted the social fabric. Eventually, families disintegrated. Men sold their small farms and left home to look for work or joined the British Indian Army. And women and children became homeless migrants, often traveling to Calcutta or other large cities in search of organized relief. Historians usually characterize the famine as anthropogenic, or man-made, asserting that wartime colonial policies created and then exacerbated the crisis. But that pretty much you're saying is the British made a, a raise the taxes and requirements from the British providences for them to give more food to the war efforts, and pretty much starved out the majority of the providences. Provinces. Excuse me while I go find something sharp to slip my wrists. <laughs> <laughs> now, wouldn't Holy that cow. be... Co- isn't another term for that tribute? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tribute. There you go. That's crazy, man. Jeez. Of course, it's, you know, obviously that well-known shitty year. In fact, you can't turn on really any documentary channel without seeing something about it at least twice a day. Yeah. Now, I know in America, there was a lot of uh, racial violence with a U.S. uh, Army draft for World War II. Oh, I bet. There was a lot for 1943. There's a list that, I mean, it was probably 13, 14 items or things that happened that year. And I I just picked the two top ones. Well, that's a good pick then. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was a shit year. I think we can all agree. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Good news is there were no volcanoes that year that I saw, or at least none yeah. that did anything major. But no permanent winter. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that one definitely qualifies as a shitty year. What's next? So end us off on a happy note. Oh, is this the last one? Yep. yep. Oh, we'll leave it to Steve to bring us up to the heavens. So I'm going to take a little bit of a negative overtone to begin, but I will get I will get to it eventually, and bring us back from that. Absolutely abysmal 1943. Um, So we we naturally, as humans, believe that the current year we live in is the worst. Now, I guess I don't blame people. There's obviously there's a uh, you know the uh, there's 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 a Wendy's down the street that closed, and that was disappointing. And I like to get frosties, so that's why this year's been particularly bad for me. Oh, and that and there's a pandemic. And there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, we know that. But naturally, humans always think that the current year they live in is the worst because, and we talked a little bit about this before, humans have what's called basically negativity bias. So that's the idea that bad things have a much stronger impact on us than good ones. Um, it's contagious, negativity, more so than positive. If people are positive around us, what do we usually do? Shit on them. Tell them to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, people are negative. We kind of say the same thing, but it, it seems to be more infectious. Um, and it's also the same reason why, like, media chooses to post, like, 90% bad news as opposed to, like, 
you know, a raccoon who can play badminton. I mean, that would be an article that would get no clicks. And I don't know why. Because I love raccoons and I love badminton. But that's another story. I love those kind uh, of articles. I read those all the time. <laughs> see? Perfect. <laughs> Not everybody does. But I, like as a species, I think we've been primed more to seek out the bad. So like that lion in the darkness, like that story about someone like being eaten alive by a shark at the beach you go to, like that's like, what? Uh, I want to hear about that. Because we're basically trying to fulfill our most primal need, which is survival, in case you guys forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that should be all of our goals. Um, so, like, this fear helps us navigate through the world, you know. Um, and also, I guess, maybe you feel like, hey, maybe my life's not as bad as that guy. So, um, it's also the same reason you can tell someone, like, five good things and one bad thing, and that bad thing is what they'll take away. So, like, I think everyone's been in that meeting with their manager where they're like, your sales were great. You improved by... 50% each quarter. Like, your coworkers love you. Like, we used your idea for the new product. Uh, it's also come to our attention that you've turned the soda machine change dispenser into a glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's the negativity bias, I'm telling you. <laughs> Definitely going away with the glory hole. <laughs> so, I mean, there are some people that are like, I'm great. I forget, what, is it, uh, I don't know if it's the uh, Kruger complex or there's um there's one that's like people always think they're shit like they they suck and then there's one that people always think they're great no matter what and they're like i look amazing and they're like well no you don't but like they always think they're good but there's very rare most people like fixate more on the on the on the negativity or the fear um so naturally we retain all the bad so when we think about our past year we think about the bad first so which is why I've chosen as what I think has been the best year in human history, but perhaps we can all vote on the ones that we had after this is the greatest year to be alive is this year or 2020 and pause for a dramatic effect. No response. <laughs> uh, we are living. Basically 2020 you say, how can Here's that why. be? We are living in the luckiest time to be alive. So in 1927, 27% of all children died by the age of 15. If we went back to 1427, I don't have those numbers, but I imagine it'd probably be like 50% of children died. Because in every movie that you ever watch that's like based on a uh, you know, century ago or more, children are just dying left to right. They always have tuberculosis. Like, I don't understand. I think it might have been 100% at one point. But nonetheless... <laughs> I mean, we're talking like polio, I mean, AIDS, leprosy, the plague. Did we even, did anyone even bring up the plague as one of the worst years? We actually left that off because yeah. we covered it in the, the, uh, the pandemic episode. Yeah. That's true. <clears throat> um, but did you guys know you could still get the plague, but it's like literally the same as like getting an Indian burn? Yeah. Which I don't know. Actually, you can. Can you say that anymore? A Native American bird. Indigenous people. Indigenous people. Bird. Indigenous people. Bird. Yeah. yeah. Sounds. I, it makes it a lot more I'm, sexual. Yeah. I I like to sit indigenously in front of the fire. I bet's crisscross applesauce. Cross like. Yeah. So what I'm getting at here. I mean, everything is gone, basically, I mean, other than coronavirus. But, I mean, we've already come in, we're already coming up with a vaccine for that. 
Uh, like advancements in medical technology allow people that would have died, like even just a few decades ago, to continue limit, living, you know, organ transplants, um, heart, you know, remedies. Jason talked about, um, let me say refrigeration. I don't think that, uh, uh, penicillin. There you go. Um, and, then, and I don't know if you guys know this, women can vote. Oh, wait, sorry. No, that, uh, sorry. That was. I can vote? something different <laughs> i mean i know it's a crazy concept <laughs> no uh so we uh more women in the workforce college there's like more women uh, going to college than men um a lot of equality which probably may have happened you know throughout history not that we know of um but for the most part a lot of like equal rights we're living in a, a more equal society and uh if if you you know philosophize philosophize on philosophize on what makes like a utopian society it's all about like an egalitarian type of living where everyone's equal and sharing um and contributing to society we're like getting closer there um and we've never been able to get ahead in that before because i don't know if you guys know but there's usually some like white man with a small penis and he has to go around trying to swing it around and punish people we talked about Columbus. Um, Jeff, don't I mean Jeff would be very upset if he knew you were talking about him. Jeff, you were there. Who's Jeff? <laughs> Jeff Dunham. He's he's the white guy with the small penis. Mm. Just in general. <laughs> <laughs> like, how was your date last night? Oh, he was a Jeff. Is that he, like he a was, Karen? <laughs> he was a Munson. Got it. Okay. Well, listeners, um, name Jeff. It's been a fun ride. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I'd like to talk to you after class. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, so more people are literate in the world than any other time in history. More people have electricity, clean water, plumbing, internet. Um, we have relatively high level of peace. And there are some wars, but you know nothing totally major. Um, we're more educated. We're more connected. We're more like in the know. Um, technology enables us to have more free time, um, which enables us to spend less time doing our laundry by hand, for example, and doing more things like podcasts, for example. Um, but most of all, the biggest reason why this year has been the best is because Jason lost his virginity. So hey! Congratulate him. It's been a long road. It's been a long <laughs> road. And, uh, I'd like to thank a few people. If, if I might. <laughs> Was it Jeff? <laughs> I'd like to thank Jeff for his very small penis. So he was a very gentle lover. And, yeah. And that's clean up. Uh, no. Uh, uh, I got nothing. I don't know. <laughs> so so th- there you have it. That's the kind of the, the ideology behind that. I think we, we need now to gather and decide what was the best year in humanity and what was the worst, right? Before we go on there, I, just, I have one question. Um, okay. Where is this vending machine? <laughs> it can be wherever you make it. It's kind of in the cloud. You know? <laughs> uh, there, there are some services. It's kind of like the the DoorDash of vending machines. Oh. <laughs> All right, you know, they, they can deliver well, it to your house. I did hear that the uh, the the answer to uh, sexual uh, interrelationships uh, during COVID nineteen is to invest in glory hole action. So 
Folks, go out and find your nearest glory hole and support local. (laughs) (laughs) What's best about that is whenever you get in an argument with your old lady about who sucked your willy and she asks what her name is, you can honestly say, I don't know. (laughs) It's even better. In fact, honey, I don't even know if it was her. Or a human. Uh, Judging by how long it took, I'm going to guess it was a man. So, yeah, I might like man's mouths, too. Honey, you shouldn't be asking what her name was. You should be asking what what species it was. <laughs> it could have been an octopus. Yeah. It could have been or a were cow. Could have been Santa Claus and Rudolph. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 hold on. You're telling me Santa was fucking his reindeer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a bell at the other side of the wall, so I can only assume it was. There was a bell. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. It went along with the song Jingle Bells. I just assumed that it was some sort of Christmas animal. (laughs) (laughs) Now, on to uh, our sequel. (laughs) The weather outside was frightful. Jeff is quite the animal at Christmas. (laughs) Uh, Anyhow, I guess that sums up the list. Yeah. what, What was the worst year? Should oh, we, should we yeah. cross out the Icelandic volcanoes? Or I mean, we have summer. What, what do we have? We have no summer for our, basically, what, a year and a half of darkness? Yeah. Or, um, I don't know if you could say one was really worse than the other. I, I'm kind of weighing this over, like, acts of God versus stupidity of humans. Yeah. And if that's awesome. the case, 1943 wins. Yeah. I, I was going to agree with you on that i think we're looking at this from a humanitarian aspect right yeah and i think by far and away the you know it's basically assassination of six million people is a pretty big deal that's a pretty shitty year yeah so uh you know we're trying to uh to exterminate a a a species of human being is a pretty bad thing. So I would agree. I think 1943, by far and away, is the probably the worst year, at least given the examples we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now for the best years. I'll be somewhat controversial, and I'll say 2020. I would say it is. It has been probably one of the worst years that I've been alive, but at the same time, it's also one of the best years. One, because I'm still alive. Two... <laughs> I mean, that always makes whatever year Good it is point. the best year because I'm not dead, which is surprising. Um, but I mean, I've had a lot of good things happen. Yeah, there's been negative, but there's going to be negative every year. So, and I mean, if you take this pandemic we're now compared to the Spanish flu or the plague or something like that, I'd much rather have this one going on now than those. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That's a great point. I was just going to say, I think that this, albeit this is a very scary situation and we're, we're all potentially impacted by it. It's not the worst uh, that we've had to endure, even in recent years, relatively speaking. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think you got to put it into perspective. I mean, it's hard to do. We know that we've lost people and people are dying and, you know, all over, but people die all over every day. And any day above good, any day above ground is a good day for the rest of us. Sad to say. 
I was reading an article the other day that was talking about the polio epidemic. And when they came out with that vaccine, it was only 70% effective. We have, what, three of them out now that are 90% or more? Mm-hmm. I mean... Like 90, 95% efficacy? Like, that's pretty fucking good, folks. Yeah, I mean, I think that we have advanced so much... Thanks to the penicillin, thanks to the refrigeration, the electricity, everything that all the other years brought us I to saying, this point. We kind of have to thank all those for this year. Yeah. <laughs> the Big Bang. Yeah. Yep. You're yeah. Thanks, Big Bang. <laughs> thanks, Big Gang Gang Bang. Big Gang Gang. Big Gang Big Gang. Big Gang Gang. Big Gang Gang. Big Gang Gang. Big Gang Gang. And that is on the new menu at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got the McRib and they got the McGangbang. <laughs> yeah, I love pick, I love the McGangbang, dude. They're my favorite. It's when, yeah. spi- it's when you get a spicy McChicken and a McDouble, <laughs> and then you put spicy McChicken in the McDouble. Yeah, you right? split the McDouble, oh you throw the McChicken in between uh, the McDouble. I, I thought it was something totally different that involved Grimace and a, and a fat hog. I mean, if you want it to. It involves a lot more mayonnaise. Talk about talk about that meme you shared the other day, Amy. Which one? Uh, oh, the McRib. Oh, it was like all these people be like, "I'm not getting that vaccine." Who knows what they put in it? Same people. Ooh, the McRib's back. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a viral video going around about how they actually make the McRib, and it's like seven minutes long. You know, like, I, oh. I don't need to. See well, all I know is I have never had a McRib, and I never will because it reminds me of the elementary school ribs you would get, which oh, weren't yeah. ribs. <laughs> it's basically like paperboard stuck together with a little bit of barbecue sauce. Yeah, it's how I feel whenever I see a chicken nugget or something, and it says chicken with rib meat. <laughs> like it's, is the rib meat a choice product <laughs> made with real chicken? Uh, what, yeah. what kind of, were they making it before? <laughs> it's like made with real sugar. Wait, what? How <laughs> were you doing before? Yeah. So what? What's the what's the best year? I'd say twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. After hearing about you know multiple, uh, after getting the comparisons between multiple bad years, or you know, I, uh, I I'm with Chad and with Amy. I think twenty twenty is one of the best years. Look at that. We found a shiny little glimmer of hope, folks. Look at this, guys. Talk about ending on a positive now. Honestly, yeah, I you am you go, so. I'll tell you what, people. You go out there, you find that grimace, grab yourself a McRib, and you find the best goddamn glory holes vending <laughs> machine that you can seek your eyes on. And you pee in there because you're going to blind someone. <laughs> That's perfect. That is the perfect ending. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up next on Unearthing Paranormal, we'll see Rock Austin. <laughs> Uh, so just some closing credits here, guys. This show is dedicated to Jeff. <laughs> He's still alive. But yeah. I mean, Jeff he has a small penis. Man. We have to give him, him something. Once again, to all Perfect. our former listeners named Jeff. <laughs> it yeah. was a good if you, see, if you see Jeff at Chick-fil-A, don't tell him we were talking about him. Oh, it's always fun to do episodes with you guys. You make our nights. Yeah, you too, guys. Likewise. Likewise. It's good times. Let me just say I... I am in love with how inappropriate our shows evolved to be. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Every time. I think it's I think it's a really great thing and you should just keep it up. You keep on keeping on. 
It always ends up with somebody's butthole. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, butthole, glory hole, peeing in the eyeball. Uh-oh, you got pink eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no pandemic, folks. Yeah. Get the awareness out there. It's pink eye month. <laughs> Do you say that's the real pandemic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that'll, that'll be 2021 when everybody's using these glory holes. Yeah. Yep. It's the glory here. Remember, guys, wash your hands and sanitize your glory holes. And that is another episode with Grognostics. Thank you, Steve and Jason. We love doing podcasts with you. I love you, boys. Miss you. <laughs> yeah, check out their show. They got a great library full of all kinds of topics. Oh, yeah. I've been listening to the um, artificial intelligence. Or, I don't know, artificial. Yeah, artificial intelligence. That's probably one of my favorite ones of theirs. And ancient architecture is another one that I've listened to recently that's really good. I always go back to the Y'all Love Pass episode. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, if you remember back to our Bigfoot episode, they have their skits, and their skits are great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you guys for listening. We hope you have a happy and safe new year. Remember, please wear your masks. 2020. And don't drink and drive. Yeah, don't drink and drive. 2020 is over tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new year, and hopefully we can all enjoy and celebrate a happy 2021. And make sure you go to our Facebook page and join our group. Um, we're Unearthing Paranormalcy or UMP Normalcy there. Instagram, Twitter, and Discord. Discord, we're un- or UMP Normalcy. Go to our website, umpnormalcy.com. You can buy your wear cow shirt now. It is up, it is good to go. I met my deadline at the end of the year. Um, also, check out Parabox Monthly. Yes, make sure you go to the link in the description and use promo code paranormalcy at checkout. And you can get an awesome paranormal t-shirt sent to you each month. Um, I am actually wearing my Montauk Project shirt today, which was the inspiration for our Montauk Project episode. Um, That we will continue. Yes. Mm -hmm. And until next time. Keep digging.